0: What's better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs and Chris Schubert from the draft network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi is a refreshment. You need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. We got Chris Shuby in a, a Jets hoodie. Kyle's on his third Red Bull of the morning. It's eight fourteen. Gentlemen, how are we?
1: Victory Monday across the board here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's a beautiful thing.
0: I don't know if it's I haven't I haven't won anything yet this weekend.
1: Yeah, that's a good point, but you <laughs> you are AFC East division champions for the year 2020. So like every Monday for now, you'll at least be able to claim victory for a year mm-hmm. in the AFC East.
0: It's true. Um how are we feeling this time, Chris? Is it was it satisfying to get the second win of the season? Are you still mad about not getting Trevor Lawrence. I mean, You got a Jets hoodie on. I'm looking at what, what do they call that? Is it uh, Hunter Green? What's the color green? Midnight Forest green. green? Forest. Okay, they say midnight black. Is that what they call it? I don't know.
2: Um, I am still upset that the Jets will not be taking Trevor Lawrence, but y- you have to accept the reality of the situation that you find yourself in, and this is my new reality. My new reality is a team that is not going to have the number one overall pick. Uh, my reality is a team that is not going to have Trevor Lawrence. Now, my new reality, is I'm concerned, Adam Gase is going to finish the year three and zero and somehow, some way save his job, and then I will no longer be wearing the sweatshirt, and I will be crowdsourcing a new team moving forward. I
1: got Kyle two candidates I... for you right here on the show.
0: <laughs> yeah, come join us up at the top. It's a good yeah. place to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you got to stick with Gase. You know, I mean, you finish. Well, you finish seven and nine, right? What was it? Uh like they a were six and two
1: game. in their final eight games. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, And then, you know, getting a heater. Like all the backs are against the wall, Chris. Owen oh, 13? Yeah, but Joe, oh, you got to You go two in a row. The team's got nothing to play for. Gase is rallying in the locker room. Come on. You got to stick do, with this offensive genius.
1: Do the math: the first four losses would have just been preseason losses in a regular year. Oh, yeah. So technically, we still could be on a pathway to a, another seven and nine Adam Gay season if they had the preseason to get those first four losses out of the way.
0: Look, and, and you have to keep in mind: you know who had the hardest schedule in the NFL this year?
1: The New, New York Jets, Jets.
0: almost a, uh, a sixty winning percentage of the, their opponents this year five ninety three.
1: Kyle, I mean, that is far and away the toughest schedule in the NFL. you got to run it back with Gase. Listen, here's what we do know about the Jets. The Jets are locked into the number two overall pick. Mathematically speaking, that is a done deal with the Jets' win, even if they do steal the win uh, next week against the New England Patriots in week 17, which means the Jacksonville Jaguars, first and foremost, are locked in at number one. It is official. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, by all assumptions (laughs) set to be a Jacksonville Jaguar. And, and, you know, we, we kind of said we wanted to commit time on today's show to the top of the draft order and then kind of the, the bottom quote unquote bottom of the draft order with the, the playoff teams. And one thing that I wanted to make sure we got in as a conversation is how Joe, do you like the personnel that Jacksonville has in place with Trevor Lawrence? And the opportunity, of course, they will have picks uh, wherever that Rams pick ends up, which, you know, Rams are kind of low-key threatening to miss the playoffs here, depending on what happens week 17. And Jared Goff has a a, th- a thumb injury. So that could end up as high as potentially 17 or 18 or, or be in the 20s somewhere uh, to add another piece and then picking again at 33 for Jacksonville.
0: I – I like Trevor Lawrence for any team. You know, I I just feel like he's a very. How do you like
1: the pieces that Jacksonville has for him well, to start?
0: I think they've they've got some work to do. Obviously, they've they've earned this number one pick with um for a lot of reasons, and, and part of it's that they've got a lot of work to do on the roster. I feel somewhat good about the offensive line that's in place. I think it's reasonable, uh, and, and they have opportunities to upgrade that. I like what they have in James Robinson. Uh, obviously, DJ Chark. I think DJ Chark's actually a really good fit to work with Trevor Lawrence, who had a lot of success throwing the ball down the field at Clemson, a guy that loves to to find those leverage advantages down the field, give his guys chances to make plays in the ball. I think in a lot of ways that is DJ Chark. But I, I do think they need to prioritize getting the weaponry up around him. LaVisca Chennault should be a really fun like utility player, do everything, X-factor type player. So I mean, I think they're close and you get a tight end, get another receiver, you know, to help yourself out here, maybe find another piece on the offensive line. But between, you know, they're going to be picking three times in the first, like, like you said, 33, 33. Picks, yep. uh, and you have all the cap space in the world, like go get that stuff. And I think that the, the Jags are in pretty good shape to have something reasonable around him, all things considered for a team that's going to be picking one.
1: So what I really enjoy doing is when you have a college quarterback looking at the weapons that he had in the offense that he played in and trying to find the correlating player on the team that he's going to at the pro level. And I think about like what T Higgins was at Clemson for Trevor Lawrence and DJ chart can be that kind of player for him. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think. Laviska Chenault is a really exciting, much higher ceiling version of like what they've used Amari Rodgers as this year.
0: Significantly more. Yeah. yeah,
1: he he's bigger, he's more explosive, he's more powerful. Um, LaVisca Shenault was a, a top fifty pick, so that you you get excited about what that could potentially look like. Um, it's kind of where the the parallel stop with this the skill group right now.
0: Well, you're not going to have a 1 for 1 for ETN, right? He's of really course, but he won't. I, they have a good back in Robinson. Young. Yep. I
1: mean, I like Jawan Taylor on the offensive line. Yeah, and I think the interior
0: is pretty pretty good. You know, I got to figure out what they're going to do with Cam Robinson and left tackle, but
1: I believe he's also an expiring contract, so I would not be surprised if he gets bounced. Right. Did you see right. who I gave him in at 21 in my mock draft that came out today at the draftnetwork.com?
0: Spoil it for me. I, you know, look, I, I last night when I saw it come through, I did the, uh, the whole They're retweet, Spoiler. but don't read it. No, I, I looked and see who, saw who gave the bills and, and, oh, okay. and then I saw, I, I also the Dolphins. I checked two teams, both Dolphins picks <laughs> the bills. And then I said, yeah. I, when I have time to read this, I will, but, um,
1: uh, they got Elijah Vera Tucker at 21.
0: Okay. Well, there's your, there's your guy that can be one of the best five for sure. So, yes. And that, I like that the idea was, of investing in O line.
1: I, I am super dialed into, I actually had the Bengals trade up to get back into Penny Sewell territory because like taking Rayshon Slater or Sam Cosme at six is not an acceptable no. outcome for, no. for for where you're at. And I, if Cincinnati was picking at three, I think you can make an argument and say, Hey, from a volume perspective, it would be beneficial for you to take a lesser player at, at offensive tackle and get more volume. But for Cincinnati to kind of come up empty handed and they've won what two in a row. They have, yeah, they've won the last um, two games. Yeah. So like they they've really pushed themselves to the brink of that Penesul Soul territory, and uh I don't think it's an acceptable outcome for them to to draft in the top ten and just draft best available offensive linemen and have it be like not Penesul. soul So that was a trade that I had, and they gave up uh I thought this was a reasonable deal, Joe. They gave up six uh seventy, which is their third round pick this year, and a twenty twenty two two to move up to three.
0: Yeah, I so, saw So that was uh, that was with Miami, uh, yes. who we're gonna get to picking three. Okay, uh, but I thought about that deal. It's literally it's the Sam Donald deal, the Colts and, and uh, the Jets. They give up three twos. So, like in in a way, I thought it was
1: because <sighs> you're not going up for a quarterback. Yeah, I mean uh, that's why I gave, it was a lesser. Price.
0: Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. I think here's the fun thing about Cincinnati: if they could somehow get that fourth pick, they're going to be in good shape to sit there and pick Sewell if they want to. I still maintain that their best move is going to be to take a hike down the order and get themselves in in Darisaw range. The tackle from Virginia
1: Tech, but they don't operate that way. So for me, it was like they should. they're more likely to move up than they are to move down because they never move down. So I'm asking myself, like, if they're not super likely to move down 10 spots and get to the teens where you can take Derrissaw and it's a really good value, or you could take Rayshon Slater in the teens and I feel really comfortable with it. I did He went to Minnesota at 14. And I like that fit for, for them a lot. Um, but to be at six and take O-linemen two is... Yeah. I was not feeling it at all. Are we ready for
0: some football? College football is in bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. The NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming clear. There is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Big-time football this weekend. we got the college football playoffs. It's week 17 of the NFL season, and the best lines can be found on betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Fun question. Looking at the top ten picks, who had the worst win this week? Cincinnati or Carolina? Carolina. Yeah, they were sniffing. They were sniffing.
1: They, the they'd, have in, they'd have been. They'd have been third if yeah. everything else stayed the same, and you'd be talking about uh, Justin Fields or Zach Wilson potentially.
0: And now you're picking nine, and you're not talking about any of that without right.
1: Up. And they play New Orleans this week, so they're they're probably going to lose, but like you might get back up to seven. Yeah. Which not a good spot to be.
0: Well, If kind you want bad. to get a player to help your roster, you'll be fine. But
1: if they go corner, which is what I hadn't taken the mock, then like that's a, that's a great place to start considering CB one or CB two. But yeah, I
0: think they're in Parsons territory there as yeah. well. Yeah. Um,
1: I but Carolina had away. Caroline had the worst win. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And
0: Ron, a good guy in Ron Rivera, missed his chance to clinch the division.
1: I know. And, and it was the whole revenge game factor, too. I was really rooting for it. Um,
0: even but. my wife, my wife, diehard Carolina Panthers fan, she she, she loved wanted Ron? it. was You could tell it was like she said that, but then when the Panthers did something <laughs> bad, she was pissed. You know what I mean? Like, you really can't yeah, do it, man. but in your mind, that's that's how you rationalize and justify the way you feel if they do lose the game.
1: Right, but right. didn't.
0: The, in, the, the response to the game did not match up with her, uh, her messaging going, oh. going into watching itself. So.
1: I feel seen. I've done that plenty of times.
0: Oh, brother. Yeah, no. Before 2017, it was like a 17-year thing. Like, you know, like, oh, yeah, I think it'd be really good if they lose this game. And then you're watching it and you're like cheering like you normally do. It's You can't do it. Chris, did you catch
2: yourself doing that this year? I, I don't know. Like, I, I always like to have a big picture when it comes to these things. Like, I always try to look at the 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 forest through the trees. Um, but once I got to 0-13, like, once they started to get to double digits, I was like, all right, like, don't win. Don't do not do this. If you're going to win, do it early. That's fine. I was rooting for them early. But my mind, I'm able to do, flip the switch. And once they got to double digits, I was like, all right, let's just see this thing to the end. And then last week happened. And then this week happened. And now I'm watching Zach Wilson tape during the week.
0: <laughs> okay so i'll stand out to you about this draft order i mean obviously the the whole nfc east champion swinging from like the top 10 to 19 is crazy um those jacksonville and jaguar or excuse me the jacksonville and, and jets picks you know those are going to be low first round picks so from a dolphin's perspective as the other team that has a, an extra first round pick Right now, their range of possibilities is three to five, something like that. Like right now, they hold. If you
1: if if Houston loses, there's an the slimmest of possibilities that Atlanta could jump them again based on strength of schedule tiebreakers. But if Houston loses, the pick will be three or four. If Houston wins, the highest it can go is nine. So it's guaranteed to be a top ten pick no matter what.
0: And as high as three.
1: Yes. So we have the range is three to nine.
0: Man, so much hinges on the Jets, and if they feel like they want to stick with Darnold, right, or if they want to pick a quarterback, because you could have a situation where, okay, Trevor Lawrence the Jaguars, but if the Jets aren't in on these quarterbacks, they're going to want to move back. The Dolphins at three, you would feel like probably they want move, to move
1: probably back. Move back. Canada, Atlanta, Canada.
0: Cincinnati, it's like okay, um, they can't all move back. So well, the it, Jets, what they it, want to do is really interesting
1: this was kind of the log jam that we had this year too at this past year at three with Detroit and like Detroit kind of teasing, wanting to move back, you know, Akuda at three, is that like great value right. with a top three pick? They teased that they were thinking quarterback to try and prompt the team to move up because the quarterback scarcity and three quarterbacks going in the top six. And we'll probably see the same thing again this time around. And, um, yeah, the, the, it, it's, that's what's fascinating is last year we did not see the movement inside the top 10. And I think in the last two years we've only seen one trade take place in the top 10. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, the Devin Bush trade <laughs> with the Broncos to move to, I think, 9 or 10. And that's like the only top 10 pick that's been traded in the last two NFL drafts. So, you know, everybody wants a dance partner, but like... That's a good point. You got to get the price right, and and with so many teams open to trading down, you know, teams teams might tell Miami, like, hey, go, go kick rocks and pound sand. We're we feel like we can wait another three picks, still get the guy that we want, and not give up the price to get all the way up to the top of the draft order unless it's quarterback.
0: Smoke is going to be thick. It, it's interesting because I, I this is one of my messages. You don't have to have the first pick in the draft to get your quarterback answer, and I think you can go back through so many drafts i mean look at look at last year justin herbert's qb3 2018 you got lamar and josh allen were qbs 3 and 5 you know it's like it's it's not always like this straightforward higher up in the i mean mahomes and watson were picked 10 and 11 right it's not it's not always well if you get the high pick you get the right quarterback
1: right it doesn't it's almost like your situation really right. matters it's it's so critical Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, visit BuildBar.com. use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your f- next order of BuildBar. That's BuildBar.com. promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. All right, so... And Chris, that's why you should trade out.
0: You're right? Yeah, ever trade out, but they can't happen. All right. So the Dolphins are fascinating. Kyle, you, you to potentially. I mean, you're probably picking three, like you explained to me. If if Houston loses to Tennessee, which seems very likely to me, given that Tennessee has to win. Yep. Picking three. Simultaneously, the Dolphins are a ten-win football team at least right now. They they beat the Bills next week. They're in the playoffs. But this has been fascinating, right? Ever since Tua steps in the lineup, this has been a fascinating football team to monitor, right? They had some momentum going into the, the transition from, from Fitz to Tua. A lot of criticism. There's been some good moments for Tua. There's also been two situations where in the fourth quarter and one score game, Coach Flores yanks him, puts Fitz in. Fitz magic was real as it ever has been. Oh, yeah. On, on Saturday night, man. And, and as and I was with you right there. I I, I declared my my Dolphins fandom because I'll be honest with you, I don't want to play Baltimore in the playoffs. So I was I was part of Finns Nation. I'm defending Eric Rowe on Twitter. But talk to us about this Dolphins team, man. I mean, it's fascinating, and, and I know everyone can go listen to Locked on Dolphins. But let's get into a little bit here.
1: Uh, so I guess one of the points of frustration with the quarterback situation is the narratives from the outside looking in, and Brian Flores said that on Sunday's press conference. He said, everybody wants to make – our decision for us without all the information. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. so, but on Saturday, the Dolphins had tight window throws available to them. And I think a little bit of it was the way Tua Velo was exposed to throwing to open receivers at Alabama and kind of what he defines as open The coaching staff preaching the mantra of ball security, and that was one of the big catalysts for why the change made sense for the Dolphins is it really cut down on the turnovers in the games that Fitz played in versus the games that Tua played in. So if you're used to throwing to guys who aren't in tight windows and your coaching staff is preaching to you ball security, he didn't really push the ball vertically down the field like you saw Ryan Fitzpatrick do as soon as he came into the football game where he's taking the shots up the seam and smartly and rightfully targeting the safeties and Raquan McMillan in coverage. And God bless the Raiders for trying to play Tampa 2 with Raquan McMillan as your Mike linebacker. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so
0: – don't understand where to sink and when not to sink. Oh, geez. Right.
1: It was a hot mess, Damon yeah. Arnett. So um, – So for Miami, like – I wouldn't be surprised if they did it again. If Fitz is on the roster, that this is always going to be an open possibility. I think for the Dolphins, with the personnel that they have, and Devontae Parker's missed the last two games, and that really hurts as far as like, the attention that he draws. Even if he's not 100%, like, him on the field is going to draw a lot of attention and create a lot more of the, the pure one-on-one matchups to where you can get guys that can win early in routes. Dolphins don't have receivers that win early in routes. They just don't. You know, their, their most agile and fluid athletes were are at the receiver position were college quarterbacks last year, Malcolm Perry and Limbo. They don't have guys that win reps early at the line of scrimmage. And because of that, Tua has to see it to really feel confident to rip it. Or like in Kansas City game, you're down 17 in the fourth quarter. It's like, okay, well, we're, we're kind of no, no man's land. It's time to go. It's a one score game. He doesn't want to make that backbreaking decision. So I, I think as Miami moves forward, they're going to have to target more receivers who win at the line of scrimmage instead of winning at the top of the route, because that's going to fit what Tua a is predisposed to and most used to. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would not stun me if, you know, we get into a situation where we're scoreboard watching in week 17 and if Buffalo's trying to win the two seed and it's a one-score game or, or you know a 10-point game in the fourth quarter and Cleveland's up and the Ravens are up, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn to Fitz again. And it's just Brian Flores is going to turn to whoever he feels gives you the best chance to win. And, and, and I like it that on a number of different fronts because it's the same messaging that you would expect and deliver to anybody else. And if your quarterback can't handle that, then mentally speaking, he's probably not the franchise quarterback you want to tether yourself to long term.
0: So let me ask you this. I think you did a good job of explaining why this is happening and the reasonings behind it. How do you feel? How, how do you feel about the handling of Tua, um, if you like it or not? I mean, I think in, in a way, I think it's the reverse Wentz, and you feel good that it seems like he's handling this really well, and you love his the way he's carrying himself and, and the enthusiasm that he has in supporting Fitz when he goes in. But how do you feel? How do you feel? I, I mean, the handling of Tua – Should he still be the starter? If Fitz is the guy in these tight situations, should he be all the time? I want to know how you feel.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're going to look at the Dolphins have pulled two or twice in one-score games in the fourth quarter, but he's not pulling the trigger, and he's taking sacks that are killing drives in both of those football games. And two of the past previous weeks, before he got sat against the Raiders, he won Pepsi Rookie of the Week Mm -hmm. and threw for 296 and then threw for like 350 yards. So... The ceiling is higher. The floor is higher. The consistency is le- – you don't know what you're going to get on a week-to-week basis. Um, I don't care who's playing quarterback if the Dolphins are winning football games, and I think the reason why this works is Ryan Fitzpatrick is 39 years old and Tua to Tagovailoa is a rookie. There is none of that foles wentz dynamic, sure. right, where it's like both of these guys could be here for a decade. No, Fitz might, might be here next year. He's an expiring contract. He might want to go start and play somewhere. And if he does, th- that team's going to get a really good starting quarterback. Um, I think Tua Tonga has the right attitude. Uh, I think he I think his teammates in the locker room does support him, but I do think this was always the risk you ran when you chose to invest so heavily on the defense and on the line of scrimmage with the offensive line. Attrition for the skill group has has left these receivers out to dry with opt-outs, injuries, lingering minor injuries. Jakeen Grant was back and then he was gone again in the blink of an eye after a couple plays. Uh, they they just they don't have the horses to really run the style of offense. So so we're we're making it work and getting valuable experience and evaluating to it, to understand okay, who are the players that we need. And it's kind of like encapsulates the Dolphins as a whole because they're getting their starting quarterback experience. While still managing to win football games, just like they're going to make the playoffs while still managing to have a top five pick.
0: At three three rookie starters in the offensive line. They're down to their fortieth string running backs. And I mean the the top I mean how many how many receivers are they down? I mean it's it, it's So um,
1: so it's, Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns opted out before the season. Right, Preston uh, Williams went on uh, Preston Williams went on injured reserve after the Cardinals game. He was wide receiver two. Devontae Parker has missed Ah, uh, the last two games for the Dolphins. He's wide receiver one. Jakeem Grant missed the Patriots game and then simultaneously played twenty minutes of this game against uh, against the Raiders and then went out. So, like, it's like, your top five wide receivers are not available to you right now.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, really, really crazy. So, you got to be excited about what uh, this can be with a full complement of weapons. So. The Dolphins are in this thing, man, and, and that the AFC playoff picture is really, really fascinating. We know the Chiefs are the one seed, and then after that, uh, we know the Steelers and Bills are in. But the range of possibilities two through seven here are are pretty. I mean, there's a lot of possibilities, man. And and it, it, like I, I tweeted this out last night, we're gonna have we. It's already clinched. An AFC team with at least ten wins is not making the playoffs, despite there being seven seats. So Colts, Browns, Ravens, Dolphins. One of y'all ain't going to make it. Now, the Dolphins are winning in.
1: They also have more opportunities, courtesy of Shuby's New York Jets and the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: Right, they can lose and
1: still get in. Yep, they have four avenues to get in now, Miami does. Colts lose, they're in. Ravens lose, they're in. Browns lose, they're in. Dolphins win, they're in.
0: Dolphins are going to make the playoffs. Some of that's going to happen. Multiple things will happen there. I think Tennessee beats Houston. They're in. Cleveland and Pittsburgh's fascinating because right. I mean Cleveland without the receivers. I, I, I mean that's obviously a tough ask. You, you'd like to still think they can handle the Jets. They couldn't, and now they're very, they're on the outside. I mean they got to beat Pittsburgh, and, and I know Pittsburgh's twelve and three. They're they have their flaws, but I mean it's a Mike Tomlin coach when they got to have it, man. I they mean won by
1: thirty one points the last time they played.
0: When we saw the Browns play a lot better, I mean they got smoked by the Ravens and they played much better the second time.
1: But they still lost the game. They did. Um I, I think the thing about Pittsburgh that's interesting is they've gone on the record talking about how run down they are and how their bye week got pushed early because of COVID and like they might be playing for the the two seed, but they might just say screw it. They might just say we want to get these guys rest regardless right. we we don't yeah. care about winning the game we would rather have the rest and be the three seed than than win and be the two seed
0: yeah I mean if you're the three seed you get to play a playoff game and then let's face it you probably go to Buffalo then if you win in the first round
1: right. You
0: probably feel okay with that if you're Pittsburgh.
1: And if you're Pittsburgh, that's a short travel distance. Right. You're already a cold-weather team. Yeah. There's not really going to – I think the, the Bills proposed, what, 6,700 fans in the stands? Yeah. So um, you're yeah. playing in front of 6,000 people at, at a worst-case scenario on a road game in the, the, the divisional round of the playoff? Who cares? Yeah. If I'm Pittsburgh, I'm not, I'm not trying to win the game. I'm resting. Everybody.
0: The Colts have the Jaguars. Wait, wait. Who does Baltimore play? That's the team I'm I'm not familiar with playing. Uh, right
2: Baltimore plays they play the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals.
0: Oh, 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 jeez. So you could have Tennessee against Houston, Baltimore against Cincinnati, Cleveland against a Pittsburgh team that's not trying to win, and the Colts against the Jaguars. That ain't great.
1: And Miami gets the Bills. Right. Who I, I, and, I get the and feeling four that they of, want to be the two seed. And the four, four of the five will make the playoffs, and one of them will not. If, so every, if all if, of
0: those teams win and the Dolphins
1: lose, then Miami's out at 10 and six because everybody else would win. have 11 wins. If what if everybody them, wins? It stays as is? I, is Cleveland on the outside looking in right now? Right now, the eight
0: seed is the Colts.
1: I believe.
2: So I'll, I'm just going to throw out some rudimentary math here. If yeah, it t- if it ten and five, this is the way the playoff situation would be. If everybody adds a win, I don't think that changes the tiebreakers. I think everything stays the same.
1: So the Colts would miss at eleven and five. The Colts, the Colts um,
0: lost six. to the Browns. They lost to the Browns, so that that matters a ton.
1: But only in one on one tiebreaker scenarios. Right. If there's a multiple teams with the same record, right, 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 right. Okay. AFC. So it's very very messy, very messy.
0: Well, at least we know it's these 5 teams or
1: is it or four spots if you include yeah. the AFC South division winner? Yeah. Um he, here's what we we can tell you. Uh based on 538's projection model. The Ravens are a 93% probability of making the playoffs. So they're in good shape. The Indianapolis Colts an 84% chance to make the playoffs. The Miami Dolphins, a 73% chance to make the playoffs. The Tennessee Titans, a 94% chance to make the playoffs. The Cleveland Browns sitting at a 57% chance to make the playoffs. They are the team on the outside looking in according to this projection model.
0: Can we just make whoever the eighth seed is in the AFC the NFC East champions? Please. Because <laughs> this NFC... And, and I understand the NFC's probably been the stronger conference for a while, but it's not the case this year, where you're going to have a six or seven win NFC East champion, and you're going to have at least one other nine win team make the playoffs. The Bears at nine and seven potentially. If the, I mean the Rams could be nine and seven. In you game. could yep. have two. The Cardinals play the two. Rams.
2: If the Cardinals win that game, they're in. So are the Rams. They're both nine and seven. So you, jeez, man.
0: Um. Yeah. So the NFC is really, really weird, and I mean the Packers. I think they made a huge statement last night with the way they handled yep. Tennessee, Tennessee. Big, big win. And That was the thing they had played three games against teams that were uh, had a winning record this year, and they were one and two. So I think they answered a big question late in the season against Tennessee to to really handle that team, especially because we talk about the Packers. We say they can't, run
1: defense, run defense, can't stop, the run. Can't stop the run, yeah. can't the run, can't the run. Yep. Oh,
0: well, hello. They went out and did it. Devontae Adams, I mean, just in another planet right now.
1: So that's um, Green Bay's in the driver's seat for the one seed. Um, They are pegged by 538 as a 73% chance to collect the first round by. The New Orleans Saints have a 21% chance. So they'll probably be your two and presumably be 12 and four as the two seed.
0: I gotta. I want to go back to, was it Christmas? Whenever there was games, it was a Saturday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Detroit Lions game. Yeah, dude, I um, I don't know how to say this, but I I, that was like one of the one of the times in my life where I watched an NFL football game where I really just felt like one team just they weren't they literally just weren't there. I mean, Detroit just no resistance for Tampa. It was like playing against air for the Buccaneers often. Joe, they didn't have any
2: coaches. I
0: don't – I hear you, but it just
1: – That was, was as bad as bad gets. Yeah, it, it was worse than I thought it would be. If Tampa didn't take their foot off the gas, how many points do you think they could have scored in that game?
0: Mike Gabbert came in and torched them up, man. I mean, right. like 9 of 15 and two touchdowns, like <sighs> – so I was nervous. So I watched that game, and I'm like, oh, man, this is going to be just blowouts all across the league because the teams that are in are going to kill the teams that are not. Right. And then I thought Sunday came, and it's like everybody's competing. Yeah, and, and the Falcons are playing the Chiefs tight. Jets and, are beating the Browns.
1: Missed field goal was, was the deciding factor for the one seed in the AFC in that scenario, and Indianapolis blowing a 17-point second-half lead to Pittsburgh – who hadn't like held a lead in seven quarters or something like that before the comeback came on for them. And they ended up winning 28, 24 and uh, the the Browns drama with the jets and, and the jets taking over up 20 to 16 and Baker trying to mount a a comeback and they get the strip sack in the red zone and they only converted into a field goal. And then the Browns get on the move again and then they look positioned to tie the game. And then they have another turnover and, is chaos. The one o'clock game is specifically for the AFC playoff picture was complete chaos yesterday.
0: We're going to get to the Raiders later in the week, and we we appropriately labeled them as frauds.
1: It's true. The, we did
0: the, the team in the NFC that maybe we. Uh, misappropriately named frauds was the Chicago Bears, who suddenly they can play offense. They can always play defense. No, they beat the Texans,
1: Vikings. Well, and they're, eight, they're eight and seven. I think our expectations for this team were right around five hundred. Look, they beat the Pack. Well, well we called we called and the frauds them frauds when they were four and zero oh or five and zero. Oh. Well, yeah, and then they went on to lose like six games in a row. Or right, something. so don't I wouldn't say we misappropriately labeled them. Is,
0: is you think this is just more about Arizona kind of falling off a cliff? Haha, <laughs> uh-huh. See what you uh-huh. did there. Uh-huh. Very good.
1: Uh-huh. Very good, Joe. <laughs> Yes yes,
2: I do.
0: What's up, Vontel? Um, Cowboys are still in this thing.
2: That's, that is a sentence that it, like week four of 2020, you could have said out loud that they would be in it week 16, I wouldn't believe you.:
1: Six and nine, 28 percent chance of winning the division.
2: Well, what do they have to do? They have to win, and they, they need to win
1: the- and they need the Eagles to beat Washington.
2: Which is not undoable. The National Football League, ladies and gentlemen.
0: What's going on with Washington? Like, obviously, Dwayne Haskins, I, I mean, goodness gracious, just plumbing right now. Alex Smith, I don't know if he's going to be healthy to play. Tyler Henneke's going to have to play quarterback for that team. And, and you know, they had a chance to clinch the division, beating the Carolina Panthers. and They couldn't get that done.
1: If Alex Smith plays, they will win. If Alex Smith does not play, they will not win. And the winner of the – The winner of the Cowboys Giants game will then be the division winner. So, Joe, there's a chance we have a six and ten New York Giants division champion on our hands, dude.
0: That's the game that was flexed to Sunday Night Football, the Washington.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: a Washington game. So, let me ask
2: you a question: Do you change that game? No, they they just put it in like yesterday. Yeah. They over Browns, not. Steelers, over Bills, Dolphins. Just Cardinals, Rams is another like win in your in scenario.
0: Oh, they, uh, NFC East bias, brother. It is real and alive in the NFL world.
1: Yeah. So they, they are like the NFL staunchly against picking a game that would impact the competitive advantage of other teams across the league. So it's like you could have had the Pittsburgh Browns game in. But there are other teams like Buffalo who are basing some of their personnel decisions for week 17 on what happens in that football game. So they didn't want to have those two games played at different times where if Buffalo loses, Pittsburgh, you know, says, all right, well, we're going to go full tilt. But if Buffalo wins, Pittsburgh could say, all right, well, we're just going to sit all our guys and we'll play all our third stringers against Cleveland. And that could potentially screw somebody else over with how, you know, the playoff seedings work. So. But that was Arizona, like a conscious decision.
0: Arizona and the Rams. I don't think. I think that might have been the better play. Yes, but is
1: a- except uh, for if Jared Goff cannot play in the game,
0: brother. I'm excited for John Wolford. You, you know, I'm a
2: fan. Arizona Hotshots legend John Wolford. I
1: got the finger for that What You don't yeah, like Wolford? No. What's your problem with John Wolford? No, we, I have no problem with John Wolford. I want this to
2: be a good football game. It, it'll be a. How about this a better football game with John Wolford at quarterback? We're done here. I'm excited to see it. We're done here. Watched him play Arizona Hotshots, the uh, AAF, their first game. I watched John Wolford light it up.
1: Yep, here in Arizona. Yep, totally the same thing as playing the NFL. You're right. All right, so takes on takes tonight, 7:30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Pre-gaming, uh, Joe's Buffalo Bills clashing with the New England Patriots. Uh, Joe, the Dolphins had the pleasure of eliminating the Patriots from the postseason, but the Bills have the esteemed pleasure of trying to guarantee the Patriots a losing season. Mm. So no pressure. Please. And thank uh, you. Yeah,
0: we'll Do what we can.
1: All right. Well, there you had Joe said he was going to do what he can. The bills were going to do what they can for us. So <laughs> YouTube, the draft network, seven thirty live edition, live stream of takes on takes. Thanks as always for listening to draft Tools podcast. We'll talk with you guys tonight. Hope to see you then.